Father, we just thank you that we're in your house and we have the freedom to come to your house. We have the freedom as family to be able to sit, to listen, to discern, to digest. I thank you, Lord, that in this place there's safety. And Father, as you speak, I pray, God, that you would speak to each and every one of us, that you would change mindsets, rearrange thinking that we might become more and more like your son. Father, that we would be that we would grow into all that you have purposed and destined for us, particularly as we're stepping into a new year. So we thank you for this time together. And all these people said, Amen. Cool. So let's jump straight into um, one of the passages of Scripture and let's see where we go. I, I'm going to attempt uh, to converse, to speak, to share with family rather than preach at, if I can. But occasionally when I get excited, I can't help but, you know, it just morphs that way. But let's see where we go. Because I, I want to share something that's so simple, but for me, changes things. Changes the way the house works, the way that we work, the way that... Opens our eyes up to family, I guess. So 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 and 15. And it reads, Either way... Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Verse 15. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. A majority of us here would say that we've accepted Jesus. A majority of us here would say that we're believers in him, yeah? And it's saying here that he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life, that would be the majority of us, will no longer live for themselves. So we won't live for ourselves anymore. So that takes off the table our wants, yeah? Our wants. I'm not saying our desires and I'm not saying our needs, I'm saying our wants, yeah? And then it says, instead they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So now rather than living for ourselves, we now live for Christ. So here we are in the third week of 2018, how, how do we actually live for Christ? How do we live for him? Because often when I think about living for Christ, I don't know about any of you, I've been a Christian, how old am I now? 32, no, I'm 47, I've been a Christian 26 years. Some of you have been Christians a lot longer than that and some of you a lot shorter than that. And there are times where living for Christ, the concept of living for Christ, the thought of living for him just seems hard. It just seems really hard. Anybody else ever have that, you know, well, this is really tough? You know, I don't think there are many Christians across the world that go through year after year, day after day, month after month, you know, every moment, and think, well, this is a breeze. This is so easy. Now, we should get to a place where we experience more of that, but that seems to be irregular, you know, rather than the norm, I guess. So, being like Christ isn't always easy, yet I want to suggest today, if we want to experience and encounter something more this year, then we've got to understand what living for Christ and being like Christ, how that looks. And so I want to start that part of living for Christ is the simple thought 
that we are his hands and his feet extended. Is that cool? We are his hands and his feet extended. Um, the word tells us that we're actually ambassadors here on earth. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, So we are Christ's ambassadors. Now we know that an ambassador actually represents the country that they're from in the country that they're in. Yeah, so if we're Christ's ambassadors, we're representing heaven here on earth. Yeah. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ. Did you know that? I love that. We speak for him, yeah, to those that are around us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So we represent him. Then in Titus 3.14, and I'm, I'm just building a foundation here, okay? It's a very simple foundation. And Titus 3.14 reads, Our people must learn to do good by meeting the urgent needs of others, his hands and his feet extended, yeah? Then they will not be unproductive. That suggests if we're not meeting the urgent needs of others that we're being unproductive, yeah? You always have to see both sides of what the Scripture's trying to say. So the Lord now does what he needs to do through us, through you and me, through the people beside you. There's a quote by uh, Teresa of Avila, and it's this, and it says, Christ has no body now, as in no body, yeah, now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth, but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's so good. So as I read that, I'm totally okay with knowing that part of living for Christ is being his hands and his feet extended. I'm okay with that. And for me, it gets better. And this is what I think the Father wants to speak into our 2018. And this is what I believe, if we could grab a hold of it, this is what he wants to get into our hearts. See, everything for me, everything for me about the gospel, everything about, about Jesus, everything about Father God, everything that he planned, that he did, from the beginning of time right through, all the way through the Bible to, to the book of Maps. All of that, everything that he did is family. He speaks in family language. He's constantly talking about family. That's why he's a father. That's why we're sons and daughters. Yeah, he's, he's forever giving us examples that are how a family operates because everything about him is family. And when he died and rose again, the opportunity now presents itself for us to step into a right, correct relationship with him. We're now added to his family the way that we should be. Yeah, Everything's about family. So as we look at 2018, if we want to go from glory to glory and strength to strength, we need to make our own, some of these truths in relation to being his hands and feet extended and in relation to him speaking in family language, yeah? And so here's where I want to try to bridge the gap and bring some, some sense to everything that I've already said because it's the, it's the next passage of scripture that is cementing a thought for me. Galatians 6 verses 2 and 3 and it reads, share each other's burdens, Yeah? Share each other's burdens. I looked at, at as many translations as I could. I couldn't find anywhere where it said, share some of other people's, some people, 
the guy down the road, a handful of people's burdens. It just said, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. Now, I love verse 3. If you think you're too important to help anyone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. Hey? Got to love that. So, do we want to live for Christ? Here it is. We need to share each other's burdens. In sharing each other's burdens, we obey the law of Christ. Yeah? That means help each other. That means help one another. That means speaking to the people that you don't like that sit in the church that you call home. (laughs) Oh my goodness. No, do I have to speak to Andrew? Oh, please, I don't want to speak to him. That means you've got to deal with everybody in the house. Each other's burdens. Help carry them. And when we do that, we're actually living for Christ. In fact, we're obeying the law of Christ. You know, that that part of verse 3, I just want to play with that for a minute. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're fooling yourself. You're not that important. So often we don't help those that are around us because of a sense of false humility because we think that we're the ones that need help. The reality is the Bible doesn't say, you who have your life together, help those that are around you. Yeah? It just says, share each other's burdens. Full stop. Yeah? We've got to stop reading into the Scripture what doesn't exist and read into the Scripture the heart of God and what does exist. Yeah? It, that part there, it, you're only fooling yourself, you're not that important. What that means is we all have a part to play. Each and every one of us that sit in the house today, those that are on holidays, those that are in other churches, we all have a part to play. We all have to help. We all have to help others. We all have to share each other's and carry each other's burdens. And if you think you can't or don't or won't, don't kid yourself. You're not that important. In other words, don't think that you're, you're too big for it and don't think that you're too little for it. Yes, you can and it's okay. Give it a go. Yeah? Share each other's burdens. The reason I I really like that, I'll I'll look at it a little bit later, but this is where it gets a little bit fun for me. This is where family plays, yeah? You're going to enjoy this. I know some of you are going to enjoy it. You're looking very serious at the moment, but hey, we're getting there. Galatians 6.10. Therefore, whenever, I love that word, whenever, not sometimes, right? Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, And then it has this word, especially, oh my Godzilla, especially to those in the family of what? Of faith. Oh, the church, it's too inward focused. It's only worried about its own people. Really? We should rip that page out, shouldn't we? Who's ever heard, please, who's ever heard you're not Michelin enough, missional enough? You don't look outside. You're not evangelistic enough. You're only worried about those within the four walls of your church. Who's ever heard that? Be honest. Come on. Put up your hands. I reckon 90% of you have heard that before. I'm sorry. Look at that. Especially to those in the... There's that word family again. He's not speaking family, is he? Especially to those in the family of faith. Especially as a church family... Every church in Ballarat, every church in Victoria needs to hear this, yeah? We are a family. 
that's supposed to be doing good whenever we have the opportunity. We're supposed to share and bear each other's burdens, especially those in the family of faith. Now, there's a balance, yeah? We have to look out as well. The kingdom is all about balance. But I love this, this scripture that's telling us. See, for me, this is what I'm going to suggest. I've just shown you that we're supposed to love each other through scripture. Now, I understand if there's people that you don't want to love, do yourself a favour, buy a really cheap Bible and just rip the page out. I, in the old days, I would have had a cheap Bible and I just would have ripped the page out for you. But this is the only one I've got with large print and so it helps me to see and I don't want to rip this page out. Right? If I had a cheaper Bible, I'd rip it out because, hey, we're not going to believe that anyway. Yeah? Do yourself a favour. If you don't want to follow particular scriptures, just get the page, rip it out. It doesn't matter then. You'll never read it again. Yeah? You can't do that, can you? We can't do that with the Word of God. So I've just shown you through scripture that we're supposed to carry each other's burdens, walk alongside those that are around you, especially your brothers and sisters of the faith. Now, I want to go back to something I said before. I said living, living for Christ, living as Christ can be hard. Yeah. So how can you and I really love each other? How can you and I in 2018 set ourselves apart to an extent where things are humming in the house of God, where the Holy Spirit wants to come, where people are attracted because they're seeing something that's different? Because the Bible says that, you know, John 13, 34, by this all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. It's talking about the family of God. So how can we live in that space where there are things in us all that annoy us? Yeah, Some people don't like the fact that I talk about coffee and that tea is a lesser drink. Some people don't like that. My wife hates that. <laughs> She's not here to defend tea today. You know, there are, there, there are, we all have in our characters, you know, different, I guess just different habits, idiosyncrasies that just rub people up the wrong way. And so we choose in our humanity who we're going to speak to, who we're going to spend time with, who we're going to hang out with because I get along with them, I like them. It's normal in life for that to happen. Is that reasonably, you know, a general comment? That's pretty true, yes? And we're not going to go out of our way for people that rub us up the wrong way. But here we are in the family of God and this is suggesting that we should be loving, caring, sharing, carrying each other's burdens whenever the opportunity presents itself. And especially I'm supposed to be doing those things for those that are my brothers and sisters in the faith. So how can we do this? How can we be his hands and feet extended for the family? And here's the revelation that I got and here's what I want to share. The Bible tells us over and over that we need to be like children, like a child, yeah? Matthew 18.3 says, and he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And again in Luke 18.16 it says, But Jesus called the children to him and he said, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Now I don't know about you, but I, I took my son Samuel to... Um, the Witten Oval, Western Oval, whatever it's called now, out in West Footscray, because he wanted to see the Bulldogs train. And all of his favourite players were there. But some of those players were my favourite players. 
But there were so many kids around those players, I couldn't even get close. Yeah? I couldn't get close to them. I don't know if you've ever, you know, been at a parade, you're trying to get up the front, but there's so many kids, you can't even get near the railings, you know? Well, I'm sharing all that to say this. Jesus says, let the little children come to me and don't hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. That means the adults are going to struggle to get close to Jesus if all the kids, all the children are around him and 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 around him. I just want to give you a little visual picture, yeah? Anyway, let's just keep moving forward with, with the thought of being children. We've just finished celebrating Christmas, the birth of Jesus, and the wonder of Christmas is that God sent his son, part of him, part of the Trinity, to earth as a child, in fact, as a baby, as a, as a baby boy. Now, there is, there is no more vulnerable a picture than that of a baby. I can't find one. There is nothing as vulnerable as, as a baby. But generally, like, babies are helpless, aren't they? Like, they are just helpless. They have needs. And, and to make things worse, babies can't even speak out their needs, can they? Like, they have needs. They're hungry. They probably want to move. They, they want their nappy changed. They can't speak out their needs. We need to feed them. We need to give them something to drink. We need to change them when they're dirty. We need to watch over them, encourage them, value them, love on them. We need to do all of that for them, yeah? We need to keep them safe. And in fact, you could say that we're fully laying down our life for children, yeah? And here we are where Jesus himself, our saviour, is reminding you and I that we're supposed to be like children. So here we go. If I'm supposed to be like a child and you're supposed to be like a child, then when I look at you, I, I need to see a child of God. And if a child is vulnerable and has needs, because they need to be fed, loved, comforted, encouraged, valued, because they can't do things on, on their own, how, how then does that child get that? Here's the paradox of Christianity. Jesus says we need to become changed. Some versions say converted into little children. He even tells us the kingdom's made up of little children. Paul, on the other hand, says in 1 Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. And then he says again in Ephesians 4.14, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful schemes. See, Paul is telling us to put away childish things. He says we'll no longer be infants. Now, this is not, this is not a contradiction to what Jesus is saying. Jesus is telling us that we need to be like children. Paul's saying... It's time to put off the childish things. See, Jesus is saying, be like a child. Paul is saying, don't act like a child. Yeah? There's a difference. Jesus is saying, be like a child. Paul's saying, don't act like a child. So here it is. A child is happy, happy to get help. In fact, a child needs help. 
And you on one hand, and you and I really, need to know that we need help in life. Okay, so in our church family, we need to know, as an individual, if you are a child, a child of God, you need to know that you need help. Every one of you needs help. Every one of you needs encouragement. Every one of you needs value. Every one of you needs to be fed. Every one of you needs others that are around you, looking after you, making sure that you're safe, that you're okay because you're a child, yeah? That's each and every one of us. We need to understand that we need that. You cannot say you don't need that because Jesus is saying that you need to be like a child. And these are just some of the characteristics of a child, right? Encouragement, love, people to walk alongside, etc. Then on the flip side of that coin, because of what Paul writes, as we grow, as we mature in Christ, we're not dependent on those things because we're now dependent on him and him alone. All right? This is going to get really confusing. So it's saying, don't act like a child, the childish behavior of tantrums, outbursts, etc. I don't have this. I want this. Paul is saying, don't be like that. But Jesus is saying, be like a child. And a child will always receive help, will always receive being fed, will always receive love, will always receive hugs, will always receive attention. Child never says no to that. Yeah? So as an adult, our automatic reaction when we see a child, a normal child, a baby, is to nurture, isn't it? If your normal reaction is not to nurture, that's okay. Um, I can see people during the week, Monday to Friday. You can book in a time. We can work through that, you know. But generally speaking, it's to nurture. It's a normal family reaction to nurture a child. So this is how it should work in a family, and Mount Clear is a family. So someone's just given birth to a baby. You go to the hospital. You go visit the family. Who gets all the attention? The baby, doesn't it? The baby. In fact, you might say to the mother, oh, wow, you did such a good job. How are you feeling? Oh, really? Oh, look at what a beautiful child. Like the father? What, who? Who? <laughs> like, yeah, it looks like the mother. Anyway, so the baby gets all of the attention. So now the rellos start to come. The rellos start to visit and they start to bring gifts. Who do they bring the gifts for? The baby. Now, I want to ask you a question. Does the mother and father get jealous? Do the family members that come along, do they get upset because the baby is drawing all the attention? No, it doesn't happen. In fact, people are just, oh my goodness, what a beautiful baby. And then you'll have someone on the side goes, it's not actually, it's a really ugly baby. You know, but, but the baby, regardless of whether they're beautiful or ugly, is getting all the attention. And nobody cares that all the attention is there. They don't, they're, not, they're not acting like a child saying, but what about me? It isn't fair. I've had enough and I want my share. Can't you? So, no, I, I got carried away. They're not doing that. They're, they're actually they're, they're doing what Paul tells them not to do. He says, don't act like a child. So they're doing that. They're not acting like a child. They're okay with the baby getting all of the attention. So if you and I are going to have a 2018 that's off the charts in the family of God in Mount Clear Church of Christ, 
and we're all supposed to be like children. (laughs) When I see you, I see you as a child of God, not one that's throwing temper tantrums, not one that, you know, is just playing up. What I see is a child of God that needs to be loved, that needs to be encouraged, yeah? So when I'm encouraging a child, somebody else sees me as a child, they'll come and encourage me as a child. I'll see Ollie as a child, not a temper tantrum playing little baby. What I see is a child of God. And a characteristic of a child is he needs to be fed, he needs to be nurtured, he needs to be loved, he needs to be encouraged. It's always family. So I go up to Ollie, I spend time with, Ollie, how are you going? Get up for a minute, because I know you love personal space. I give him a hug, you know. (laughs) That was really big. That was so big. Thanks. Right, and I just love on him. Now, Paul says, don't, don't put aside the childish things. Don't be one of those people that says, why does he spend all of his time with Ollie? If we can get this, that means every one of us will be looking after every one of us. Every one of us will be looking after and loving every one of us. That means none of us, none of us will be worried about ourselves because we've matured and put away childish things. But knowing that we ourselves have needs as children of God, everybody else who's a child of God has those same needs. Now when people walk into the house, they're like, this is blowing me away. They just love each other. What's with these people? I want what they're having, yeah? Because we've just realised that everything about Father God is family. Everything is about us walking and talking and nurturing and loving and encouraging as family. And in that place, we don't point the finger. I don't point the finger at a child. Are you serious? You can't eat that? What's wrong with you? (laughs) You don't do that. Becca would do that. It's a... TV show and it's something different again. But we love on each other. See, if we see each other as children, like children that need love and care and attention and encouragement, we know that our goal is to live for Christ. And part of living for Christ is obeying the law of Christ. And obeying the law of Christ is Galatians 6 2. Yeah? Share each other's burdens. All of a sudden we've done this full circle and we're actually operating as a family. Totally as a family. And so we've put aside our wants and we still have our needs. Our needs are now being met by everybody else while at the same time we're meeting the needs of everybody else. Not picking one or two or three or four, but whoever we see, whenever the opportunity presents itself, the scripture says, yeah? Romans 12, 13 says, when God's people are in need, God, I love it, God's people, be ready to help them. Be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Because if you see a child in need, there's not a person here today that wouldn't go out of their way to help. You know, the, the, the vision of our church is to engage with God, his church and his people. It starts with knowing him. Yeah, You can't know the will of God for your life until you put your life out here and know him. And once you know him, you'll know the will of God and then you'll know the will of God for your life. Yeah, It always starts 
always starts with him. So this is father, I believe this is Father's ideal for his house, for this house. It's his ideal. And I know we don't live in an ideal world. I know that, yeah? I know that. I know that what I'm describing doesn't always work and doesn't always happen in every family. But generally speaking, that's what should happen, correct? So this is what should happen in a family of God. So if we can see each other as children of God that have needs like our own, yeah? We'll be a people and we'll have a church that will always be caring, always be loving, always be nurturing and encouraging of everybody in the house. No one will be disappointed or upset because they're being neglected because in a family, an ideal family, no child gets neglected. And so when, when someone comes to the Lord for the first time and say, they say, yes, I want Jesus, yeah? And, and they come into the family of God, most of us will go, wow, check this out. He's a new believer. And so we start to pour love and love and love and love and love and love and we spend time with them and we take them out because we want them to know that they're family, that they're, they're one of us. And because we understand how that all works, none of us is saying, what about me? Yeah? Imagine that in 2018. And again, I'm not talking about what we're not or what we don't do or what we don't have. I'm talking about God's ideal. God's always lifting us to a new place. He's lifting us to a new place in our faith. He's lifting us to a new place in our walk with him. He's lifting us to a new place as a family and as a church. That's what he does. He, from strength to strength and glory to glory, he never leaves us where we're at, yeah? Our only dissatisfaction, if you remember that quote from James MacDonald, should be being satisfied with our current satisfaction, level of satisfaction. You want a different 2018? Add that to your foundation. Be like a child. Loving and kind and trusting, knowing that Father will look after you. Be mature in Christ, knowing that Father uses us, uses you to love those that are around you. And see those around you as children that your love and care support. And I'm going to get us all to stand and I'm going to finish with this small story about my boys. Stand, stand. Stand, stand. Stand, stand, stand. A lot of you know my boys and how exceptionally well behaved they always are. Now, they have a tendency from time to time to fight. I know some of you don't believe that. I know some of you can't even imagine how my boys would ever yell at each other, throw a fist at each other, throw a chair at each other. I know none of you can imagine that because of how angelic they are. But I'm telling you there are times where that actually happens. But I want you to understand how family works. And if we can grab hold of the fact that we are all children of God and we all have needs, yeah? Remember what the scripture says, that if you, you, know, if you think you can't, that you're too good to help anyone else, don't kid yourself, you're not that good, yeah? We can all help somebody else. Anyway, we were at a friend's home and uh, we were sitting inside and we were just drinking and having coffee and chatting and laughing and you could hear the boys. They were, it was a large property, but they were probably about, a, I don't know, 50 metres away from the house. 
And um, two boys ran in and uh, it, it was the two friends, the two friends of the boys and the two twins. And they go, you need to come. Samuel's up a tree and he's stuck, yeah? Now, he was probably, I reckon, two and a half to three metres up and the branch he was standing on had broken and he was just hanging there like that, seriously, close to two and a half, three metres in the air. And so they've run in frantically. Oh, quick, you've got to come, you've got to come. Please, you've got to come, Samuel, he's going to fall, quick. So as we get up, as we get up from the chairs, we can hear this crack. You know, the branch snapped that he was holding and then you heard thump, yeah, on the ground. Fortunately for Samuel, it was a pine tree that had been there for that long. The, 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 the pine needles are probably this thick, you know. But this is what we heard next. We heard my son, Nathan, who loves to throw a fist at his brother, loves to fight with his brother, loves to, to, to beat his brother at everything. Then we heard this, Samuel! Samuel! And, and you could hear it. There was this anguish and this, this, this despair in his voice. And when we got there, Nathan's bawling his eyes out and he's standing over my son and he's not moving yet. He's going, Samuel! Samuel! You know what? That's how we're supposed to be with each other when we see our brokenness and when we see our hurt and when we see our pain and when we see one of us falling. That should be the reaction of the family of God. Amen? That is what we need to step into in 2018. You know? And if we're there, great. If we're not there, let's grab it with two hands. Yeah, Let's grab it with two hands so that when people do walk through the door, that's what they encounter. They encounter the love of God in the family of God from the children of God. Amen? So why don't we just close our eyes for a moment and I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that this is something that we take hold of in 2018. I'm going to pray that it's so going to set us apart. Yeah? And so Lord, just in this space right now, Father, we just bring to you our heart's desire, Lord, for family. And we pray, God, that you would continue to unite each and every one of us. Lord, that we wouldn't see any of us, either one of us. None of us, God, is better than the other. But, Father, instead, we would see each of us as children, children of God. Because they're the ones that fill <laughs> the kingdom of God. Children of God with needs needs to be loved, needs to be nurtured, needs to be encouraged, needs to be valued. And that, Father, knowing that each and every one of us is identical, God, that we are all his children, that in our own maturity we would look out and we would love on the children that are around us as those around us would love on us as a child that we would be such a family that your name would be praised, Lord God, that you would be made great, that people would know that they've encountered the love of God because of the children of God that they've met. So, Lord God, we ask you to have your way, God, have your way in this place. And just, at, just for the moment, with every eye closed, I don't know every, every person that's in the house, but I just want to give the opportunity. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to, 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 make, to make his life a part of your life, if you've never asked him to be involved with you, and if you're wanting to be a part of his family and the family that I've been talking about today, 
I'm just going to ask you in a moment just to raise your hand and say that's me. So I've asked for every eye to be closed so you don't have to worry about the people that are beside you or in front of you. You don't need to worry about what they're going to think because they're not going to be looking because they're worried about themselves as a child of God. And if anything, they're looking to you as a child that has needs anyway. But if you would love to be part of God's family, if you want to invite Jesus into your life so that you can enjoy and, and experience and encounter some of the things that I was talking about today, just on the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and put it down again just so I can acknowledge it, so that we can walk together, amen? So if that's you, just on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. So if that's you, get the courage, one, be a part of the family, two, and if that's you, just raise your hand, three. Bless you, bless you, bless you. And for those that have raised their hands today, in fact, the entire church, I'm asking the entire church just to to pray along with us. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me just a prayer. We want to, we want to seal this baby. We want, to, we want to know that this baby is part of the family, almost like cutting an umbilical cord, I guess. So if the church would repeat after me, and if you're one of those people who raised your hands, can I just ask you to repeat after me? King Jesus, we ask you right now to come into our life that we can be a part of your family. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that you've accepted me. Thank you that I'm now part of a larger family. And I look forward to getting to know you more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we put our hands together for those that have just prayed that for the first time? So let's be family. Let's be childlike. Let's be children. And when you look to each other, know that we all have needs in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen.